0: Hello and welcome to not only another episode of The Advantage, not only our first time hosting a live recording of a podcast episode, but a crossover edition, and it feels good to say that again, between The Advantage and the DFS Today podcast. For those of you who are listening on the DFS Today podcast who don't know who I am, my name is Michael Fiddle, of course, host the podcast The Advantage, and i hosted the dfs today podcast throughout the nfl season and i will be back in what is it a few months a few weeks yeah. we are just around the corner 100 days till nfl season was just this week hmm. so i'll see you guys in 100 weeks to discuss some football but today we are talking nba finals and to do that i am joined by the the host of the ethos bulls podcast the frequent host of the nba side of the dfs today podcast the player prop professional in the <laughs> ethos discord wager pass section, and the content director for all of sports ethos itself, Keith Cork. Keith, let's get right into this. I don't want to fiddle around too much, pun intended. <laughs> oh, come on, fiddle.
1: No, uh, hey, don't don't, don't sell yourself short, man. No, don't sell yourself short. So, yeah, uh, of course, DFSA podcast, go listen to it. Um, but, man, I just want to go ahead and point out, uh, I know Fiddle, you're up like what over 100 units, definitely more than 70, 100 units. Yeah. 75
0: right now with things pending that look like we're getting really right. over a hundred so triple-digit right units yeah.
1: there. Uh, myself, I mean, I just that's incredible, man. You can continue to blow my mind with the ability there to to cap these games and then the futures side of things. But um, you know, myself, I'm, I'm hoping for, for 30 units up on the season, which you know I'll, I'll take it. Uh, so I'm in the I'll take it category. You're in kind of the holy crap category but yeah uh, i mean i'm gonna have to do it
0: i'm gonna have to do a whole separate podcast episode about lowering expectations for football season and next nba season this has been uh, absurd i'm gonna i'll I'll talk more about it on the advantage not an episode for today but if i cross 100 units if i cross like the potential 130 that i got brewing up with some amazing futures it will easily have been my best season ever and when i go into a season i always say it's not will I beat the books? It's how much am I going to win by people have heard me say that a lot of times, Mm -hmm. but my like average projected like goal is, is around that 30, 40 units Mark. So I think like you're having an awesome season yourself. Don't sell yourself short (laughs) just because I'm doing something so unprecedented even for myself, but let's talk NBA finals. Keith, how do you feel about heat Denver? Is that a series that excites you? Who do you got winning? Who are you rooting for? Where's your heart? telling you for this NBA finals we got coming up?
1: I mean, look, if you're a basketball fan, I mean, any kind of finals has to excite you to some extent. And uh, I mean, people are kind of sleeping on these teams. I mean, Denver's always excited me all season long. I've been a big fan of theirs. Just watching them play, when it's really clicking on the offensive end, it is such a beauty to watch there. And they play both sides of basketball. So I'm, I'm a big Denver fan this season. Had them in my finals in, in every you know different way that I was uh, kind of uh, betting this thing or, or playing a fantasy, season-long fantasy, playoffs fantasy uh, you know, had some brackets out there. So I've, I've been on Denver, but the Heat, they, they've just hit me out of nowhere. They're just like blindsiding me, just like they did with everybody. Uh, I don't think anyone had them kind of go to the finals here. But, uh you know, who am I rooting for? I mean, I really – I don't care. I mean, really want either of these teams to win. Uh I think they're they are both homegrown talent. Um, I'm just a really big fan of the way both of these teams play basketball, especially with the Heat, the way they've been playing recently. Um But I think, you know, in my heart of hearts, if you had to put a gun to my head tell me to choose – who I want to win this series. <laughs> there it is. I like I like oh, Jokic, I just I just job <laughs> myself on social media oh, oh, no. <laughs> back. and we're
0: live. I didn't actually do that.
1: Nikola Jokic, though. I mean, I think he's got um, He just do he's, he's got to win this one, man. I think, you know, for his legacy, uh, for all the haters, I mean, all the narratives that went out this season. I think it's just so unfair to him. Uh, and I just you can't not love Nikola Jokic. I mean, the dude spends his off season like, you know, sitting in chariots behind horses. <laughs> you know, it's like like the dude's just like totally likable so i'm, I'm cheering know, for the nuggets uh
0: i'm with you i'm cheering nuggets i'm historically the biggest lebron fan i think everybody knows that uh i root for legacies in the prime of my sports betting career or my sports fanhood career rather like when i'm 20 years from now I don't think I'm going to be as big of a sports fan just because life naturally gets in the way so while I'm this invested in the NBA I want to say I want to see greatness at its finest I want to see the best of the best so that when I'm telling stories 30 years down the road I could be like I watched the greatest big man of all time that Nikola Jokic that's why I always root for you know LeBron to win another ring or if it's Mahomes or Brady those Mahomes Brady Super Bowls tore my heart out. It's like, am I rooting for the future <laughs> legacy? Am I rooting for to continue the current one? Um, I'm with you. I'm rooting Denver. Uh, my bets are Denver. My futures portfolio is hedge Denver. So I'm loyal to my bankroll as well. First and foremost, I'll always play the smart angle. So I'm going to think it's Denver. What do you think is the biggest caveat for the series? You mind if I hit you with the first one? Yeah, go for it. I think we've obviously three point shooting. like, like, First and yeah. foremost in the NBA, yeah, yeah. three-point shooting and the variance that comes with that. Not only have the Heat gone from the 27th-ranked three-point shooting team in the regular season to the first in the playoffs, their mm. opponent three-point shooting has also drastically dropped. I think yeah. they have a great defense in the the 3-2 zone that they're playing that helps mm. like get up on the shooters, specifically what they did against Boston, mm. was very powerful, mm. But okay, so that's first and foremost. But I I honestly think if we just take away like just the variance factor that is implicit in NBA games these days is Denver's ability to beat the zone defense that Miami has been going to as kind of their like stalemate move all postseason. So Denver's offense, Keith, through the regular season and through the postseason ranked number one against the zone. So number Mm -hmm. one against the zone in the regular season and through the postseason so far. Number one against the zone. So the way you break a zone defense, specifically the three-two, really high pressure that the the heat have been playing, where like Gabe Vincent's almost picking guys up at half court, like literally 35 feet out, is you get someone in the middle of the floor who knows how to pass. Yeah. Right. You flash someone to nearly the nail, the free throw line. The reason why they call it the nail is because mm-hmm. it looks like this on the on the <laughs> court. Um and, and you get someone in that zone, and who's the best ever that I've ever seen do it? It's Jokic. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Denver's ability to beat the zone and bring Jokic up to the nail is going to be the biggest thing that Miami doesn't have the counterpunch to. Right. And that's why I go Denver heavily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh that, that really gave Boston problems, and it's just not going to work against this, uh, the Denver Nuggets. So um, they're going to have to find something different. Now, I I do have faith in Spo and the fact that he can see this as much as we can see it, and I, I assume he's got some plan in place to try to combat that. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, what else can you do? Um, but yeah, I think you know you kind of stole mine. But I I you know the, another kind of observation I have here uh, is that you know Jimmy. Likes to get into that mid-range. You know, he had on the Celtics series, he had, uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, he had Marcus Smart, he had Derek White. Some smaller guys that he can get switched on and then get into that mid-range and just kind of do that, you know, a little bit of a dribble shuffle into a fadeaway kind of jump shot. And the defender's just too small to stop it. And I just don't think, you know, with the Denver Nuggets, everyone on their team has wing size. I mean, maybe you can say Jamal Murray, he could take advantage of him in that situation, but... I really don't think so. I, I think you know, yeah, he's a thick, he's a thick yeah. point guard. He's, he's got thick. that Kyle he's, Lowry. He's got man. some good wingspan to him. So I really don't think you know Jimmy's got that in his bag. So you take that away, you know, that might take a, a few points away from Jimmy as well. So um, I mean, I think you know, there's a lot of indicators here that, uh, from a basketball sense, just watching basketball, um, I just it's hard for me to see the Heat winning this series. Uh, but I've said that. You know, for every series so far with the mighty yeah. Heat. So we we'll see how have. that goes.
0: <laughs> the, 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 the Celtics series was priced minus 550. Let's start getting into the gambling side mm-hmm. of this. The Celtics series was priced minus 550 mm-hmm. before game one of that series. Uh, I think this line dropped around 440 for mm-hmm. the Nuggets on the series. And I think it's been bet out to about minus 500 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, the the Heat have been bigger underdogs already twice this postseason going into series and have overcome that. So who are we to say that it can't happen? A third uh for this game one, Keith, let's, let's start right there. Mm-hmm. Slate breakdown, a simple game one slate breakdown for this series is I think the best place to start to then start branching out as we talk series, as we talk DFS approach, as yeah. we talk, we're going to get into a really cool conversation about a, series long DFS approach. That's something you reached out to me about. I think that's really awesome. So I'm excited to talk that. But game one lines come out and it drops at Denver Nuggets minus seven and a half. (laughs) And the total comes out on most books around 218 and a half. Now, first thing I always do when I'm doing a slate breakdown, Keith, is I give these opening line numbers. I explain what the betting splits are and where the current lines have moved. So I said Denver Nuggets opened as a minus seven and a half. We are out to a minus nine on FanDuel. It's still minus eight and a half on DraftKings. So I would go hit the minus eight and a half there. Mm -hmm. That is one of my best bets. We're seeing in the betting splits, 67% of the bets on Miami, 58% of the money on Miami, according to the FanDuel splits. So something I often talk about. My favorite thing to see in the sports gambling market is reverse line movement. That is when the money and the market are moving in the opposite direction as the percentage of volume tickets. So here where we have over 60% of the bets, 67% of the bets on the Miami Heat, but only 58% of the money, that's a clear indicator that the bigger bets of this game are on the Denver side. We also have the line moving from Denver minus seven and a half out to eight and a half or nine. So it's getting harder to win on the Denver side. These are clear indicators that the book wants you to bet on the Miami heat in game one. I will absolutely not oblige and I will <laughs> be hitting the Denver nuggets. I got it at minus seven and a half. I even added some exposure at minus eight. And mm-hmm. one of my best bets on the side of this game was the Denver Nuggets against the spread. Keith, now the question I'm going to throw to you after i have just breaking this all down. Would you still play the 8.5 at DraftKings? Would you still play a 9 at FanDuel? Where does this stop for you? Where do you start coming the other direction? How are you reading the current market now that it's shaken out to these these numbers?
1: Yeah, I, I think I would definitely play the eight and a half on, on DraftKings. I mean, uh, it's such a tough uh, situation here for the Miami Heat, who just seven-game series. That's seven, game seven. I mean, you know, you look at, people look at the score. Uh, if you're not really watching the game, you can say, oh, it was a blowout. Like, it was an easy game for them. But that was a physical, physical series, a physical game seven. Guys were getting knocked down. I know Jimmy came up hobbling after one uh, play, and I think in the third quarter. So I, I really think you know they're going to be a little bit banged up. They're also going to have to travel from Boston to to Denver, obviously, and then they have to play in Denver against the Nuggets, which you know the Nuggets have just insane splits home home and away. Uh, you know, just way better home team than they are away team. So um, forty one and seven at yeah. home this year. It is just a crazy, uh, crazy tough scenario, I think, uh, for the Miami Heat here. So I would definitely still go eight and a half. I managed to grab it at eight. I think I was maybe about twenty minutes behind you, so that market moved really fast. So um, these yeah. do, yeah. That so. is a
0: great time to just let me just quickly shout out. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Mine is at mFiddle14. Keith is at EthosKeith because specifically, I do. I tweet about these lines immediately when the game ends or even better get in the sports ethos, wager pass and discord channel. Cause I actually first place the bet myself. Mm-hmm. Then I posted in the wager pass and discord channel. And then I posted onto Twitter and because these lines are moving fast and it's, and it's time is money. These markets are moving in minutes being there at game end and then line open is actually the most important window to be present for gambling when one game is ending and you could start betting the next game 48 hours out because all these games are probably going to be every other day I haven't checked the schedule but uh, that's what I would assume we're on a three-day break between game seven and game one but of course let's talk about that rest advantage too Keith you mentioned uh, they The Miami Heat coming off a of physical game seven, even though it was a blowout, you have three days rest, which is one more day than normal in the NBA playoffs. However, Denver Nuggets, what, like a week plus rest, yeah. probably game planning for the Miami Heat, mainly because they were continuously winning throughout that series. So you have to say, assume they're better prepped for this team. Yeah. They have home court advantage. Miami had to travel. You know, I love to peg travel schedules when I'm betting. Miami had to travel from South beach to Boston now to Denver. So they did not go back to South beach. So this is a kind of a long travel stretch for them. I expect them to be gassed. I expect Denver to be hungry and ready when they present that rest versus rust debate that often comes up in sports. You constantly see this around week 18 of the, uh, NFL playoffs. Now, I I could say we used to say week 17. Like, should the Colts rest Peyton Manning? Like, that used to be one of the most rest versus rust takeoff discussions. We see that in the NBA. Give me rest every single time. Give me home court advantage. Give me the altitude. Give me – it's no-brainer. I would still play the 8.5. And And on the totals, market has moved sharply up. So, I said it opened at 218.5. Now at 2.19 and a half, pretty much everywhere. Circo, which is one of the sharpest books and takes in some of the biggest bets, had it at 2.20. So that's how I knew this market was going to move north very quickly. I maxed out the over 2.18 and a half, Keith. And mm. I would still feel very confident about the 2.19, which I think will lead us into the, the DFS conversation where – I'm expecting a lot of scoring in this game one, and I'm expecting the series to then start to tighten up as we progress. I'm expecting bigger rotations in game one. I'm expecting to see Kevin Love return to the lineup. That's something we'll talk about. I'm expecting to see uh, potentially some Cody Zeller minutes again to spell some Bam Adebayo against Joker. So those are some things that maybe in a game one we start to see. And Kevin Love. He's an over player. I mean, he spaces the floor on offense and, and creates a lot of room. He throws bomb outlet passes that ha- result in four second possessions. And he's a terrible mm-hmm. defender. So when Kevin Love gets minutes and you're pegging a Miami Heat team who's been shooting the lights out and a Denver Nuggets team, you want to take it over. So this is a clear over situation for a game one. I love it. I love the 219. I would still slam it. Uh, yeah. You want to just slide straight into the DFS?
1: Yeah, let's go. Let's go to it, man. But yeah, I think I love what you're saying there. You know, obviously, um, you know, I, I think the one thing that, you know, we can't really predict is, you know, is this game going to get out of hand early? And is Spo going to pull the plug early, which, you know, obviously could happen. But I think all the things you're saying anyways would still make me lean towards you over here. Because um, like you said, you know, those bench players, still the ability to score there, still a faster pace there. I think um, it's going to be a sloppier game than, than we're going to see the rest of the series here. So uh, I do like the over there definitely. And yeah, just to clarify the uh, Denver Nuggets did last play on May 22nd. That's nine days of rest for them. So that's a huge advantage. Just nine huge. days to just kind of sit around, uh, stretch you know, your legs, stretch your legs, you know, you're getting, you're getting light workouts in, then you're you're kind of intensifying as the game gets closer. So um, just such a huge advantage. And and like you said, the ability to scout uh, ahead of time also, I mean, obviously the, the Heat have a huge personnel, so they're doing some of that as well. But um, even so, um, you know, the Denver Nuggets have, a, have an advantage there as well. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about, you know, some DFS stuff. I mean, you know, we'll kind of slide into just the single game one here, which, you know, um, I think I'm, I'm not super excited about, but I do have some some thoughts on this one here. Uh, I think, you know, in terms of like who to roster at the captain position, I, I think I'm leaning to, towards some Jamal Murray here because then that allows me to fit in a guy like a Nick Okic, or if you want to, a guy like Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I find it hard to go ahead and put in uh, Jokic or Butler at that uh, captain spot. Cause like you said, I think you know it's going to be your, these teams are going to go deeper to their bench. I actually have those two guys you talked about uh, in my lineup here, Kevin Love and Cody Zeller. Cause I do think, you know, uh, whether or not this game gets out of hand, I think they do go a little bit deeper on that bench because of those tired legs. Um, I think, you know, again, like you said, it's going to lead to more scoring there. So, yeah, I like Kevin Love. I like Cody Zeller here. I think Cody Zeller in this series, as a matter of fact, is a good one. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. Um, but if I go Jokic uh, – I'm sorry. If I go Jamal Murray as my captain and I have Jokic in there and, and Love and Zeller, I can still fit in Bam Adebayo, who I think is also in for a big series. I think there's a lot of things here that indicate – because like I said, you know Jimmy's not going to be able to get those switches where he's going to be able to take advantage of guys in, in the mid-range. I think what you're going to take advantage of with the Denver Nuggets is their drop coverage with Nikola Jokic. I mean, that's what everyone tries to take advantage of, and you know, I really don't think it's Jimmy Butler going to be doing that. Obviously, he's not much of a shooter, but I think it's Bam. I mean, I think you know when you get into that situation with the high pick and roll, and you start you know going towards the to basket and and uh, you know uh, rolling off of that pick and roll, he's going to have a lot of looks in that mid range, and I think you know Jokic is going to be more under the basket. So um, I'm looking for for Bam to do a little bit more scoring than normal here. So. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some serious stuff later, but I'd like getting him in my lineup here as well. And then if I get, you know, those, all those guys, I'm running out my uh, roster here with another nugget that is a uh, Contavious Coldwell Pope. I mean, I think he's going to be so essential to the nuggets here because he's going to get, you know, we talked about this before fiddle, but he's going to get that opening assignment on Jimmy Butler. He's got that length. He's got that ability. He's a really underrated three and D player. And I think, you know, He's going to be an important piece here to how they go ahead and approach uh, shutting down Jimmy. And I think he's going to do a, a really good job. So that's kind of what I'm going with in the, in the uh, single game here, going deeper in the benches and, and going a little bit cheaper at my captain's spot. So w- what are your uh, takeaways there? So
0: right, right off the bat, when you started off with uh, Jamal Murray as my captain, that's the first thing I'll respond to. I'll try and work through a lot of what you just said. Yeah. Jamal Murray as my captain, uh, I think if you're playing... So so something that we often talk about, Keith, for DFS contest is what kind of contest you're playing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think if you're playing in a cash contest, uh, not a tournament contest, like a 50-50 or a double-up situation or a hundo type mm-hmm. of contest, which these are my favorite, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray has to be in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you want to make him a captain is a 50-50 decision. He is... Very underpriced for what his utilization should be. The fact that he's three thousand dollars less than Jimmy Butler for what seems like a similar ceiling and a similarly safe floor. I mean, I love Jamal Murray in the spot. I have Jokic as my captain. I seemingly got Jokic and Murray captain and then Murray in a roster spot. And we could talk about who I built it out around because Mm -hmm. I really do like some of these lower priced guys. Uh, in a game one situation where I think the rosters and the rotations are going to be larger. So specifically for a game one situation, when we talk series, I might have a slightly different approach. Uh, I I was able to figure out how to get Jokic as my captain. And the fact that Jokic is, what, 600 bucks more expensive than Jimmy? I mean, Jimmy at this point feels like you're only playing him in a GPP or you're Mm -hmm. only potentially – playing him and Jokic together and then going super budget elsewhere. Like it, it, Jimmy in a cash lineup feels like in a game one situation. Whew, that feels like lost money.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Let me see. What else? K- the KCP note. Mm. Yes. He mm-hmm. is in my lineup. hundred percent. Uh, I think his minutes is going to be very high. I think the way you talk about Butler drawing the KCP, KCP drawing the Butler assignment, I agree. That's going to be number one. And the fact that you even go further and you say Butler is potentially not going to have the ability to muscle up some of these weaker Denver defenders. The one defender who I would suspect to be a high profile player throughout this postseason but potentially be vulnerable to being a little bit played off the court because of Jimmy's strength a la what he did to Derek White a little bit in the yeah. the games that the Heat actually won in that series. I know Derek White exploded in some other games. Yeah. Um, is Bruce Brown. So yeah. if Bruce Brown gets muscled around a little bit because he's a little bit smaller and he guards big, like he's yeah. like one of those – Again, Derek White, perfect example, or P.J. Tucker or Draymond. He's one of these guys who is smaller but guards bigger. Obviously, I'm not saying he guards. He used to be the center for the Nets, actually. Um, <laughs> it was like a 6'4 center. He plays big. He plays
1: ball. big, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, played,
0: he plays bigger. There we go. Bronny is making her appearance on oh. the show. Hello, Bronny. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so I, I expect KCP to potentially get more run. I love him in the series. Mm-hmm bet uh not only because i think bruce brown might struggle but because on the other side we have tyler hero coming back in game three so like Mm -hmm. how do you potentially take a heat wing for a series dfs angle when someone so high usage might be entering the lineup in the middle of the series right we don't know how long the series is going to go is here is hero going to potentially get one or two games of very low usage, or does he ramp up and play four games at actually decent usage? So that is such a key variable that just makes me want to avoid the risk and go the KCP direction for so many reasons. We will also be definitely mentioning his name when we talk about series betting, because I think there's some awesome long shots. If we feel this strongly about KCP's minutes projection compared to other players in the series.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it, man. I think, um, I think you're right at spot on there. Uh, the one thing I didn't really take note of that you're mentioning there is the Bruce Brown thing. I, I think he does <clears throat> play bigger often than, than he is, obviously. So I'm not really concerned about it, but um, he is potentially somebody that could get taken advantage of um, just from a strength angle. I, I agree there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think we're pretty much in sync there. I mean, you know, I think obviously getting Jokic at your you know, captain spot and, uh, you know, we can just switch over right to the series – Angle here because that's who I'm going with in my captain's spot with the series. I think over the course of, you know, five, six, seven games, whatever the series is going to go, you're going to want one of those top guys in there because, you know, it's going to be, uh, in the long run, they're going to have higher production than, you know, a player that might go off in in a single game, obviously. So, you know, over the course of a seven-game series, I am putting Jokic, actually, as my captain, so I'm interested to hear what you're going with there. But um, on the Heat, though, I mean, I'm fading the Heat, most likely, in this series uh, uh, contest. And if you guys aren't aware, DraftKings is doing, uh, you know, just a seven-game, series-long contest between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. And so, you know, the only two Heat that I'm really uh, rostering here is Bam Adebayo, who I said before, I think this is a, a big a big moment, a big series for Bam. I think if the Heat do stand any chance of, of stealing this series, it's going to be because Bam Adebayo just had an incredible shooting you know, from the mid-range type of series uh, and also an incredible defensive series, which we'll get into as well. Um, but I'm also rostering Cody Zeller. Uh, he's only 1-2. I mean, he's, he's basically minimum Ed pricing. Steep. And I think there's going to be moments – I mean, maybe he gets –
0: it's kind of almost a safety net for if Bam yeah. even gets in foul trouble too. Exactly. One game, exactly. then then Zeller yeah. slides in, he's gonna get eight first quarter minutes for you. It's, there like, may be it's a, like exactly paying, it's like paying two for, for one yeah. 48 minute center of the heaps
1: yeah. spot. I mean, I think he's he's pretty much a lock to get you know double digit minutes. I think you know there will be that game, uh the odd game where Bam, like you said, gets in foul trouble or, or whatever happens, and they're so light there at the center position that he's gonna probably step into a twenty to twenty-five minute role in one of these games and um, he's just going to have a really good game because, in terms of producing stats, um, he's just really good, he's a really good DFS player to have. So, um, of course, like you say, Contavious, Caldwell Pope, um, yeah, definitely got to have him in a series long thing here. Uh, and then if you know, if I go that way with Jokic as my as my captain, I don't have a lot of good options with my last two roster spots, honestly. I end up on Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown, but I'm not super sold on that, you know, especially with the what you mentioned about Brown potentially getting a few less minutes, and then I don't really want to stack Brown and Caldwell Pope. so I have to tinker around a little bit more with this. I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to put this together, so uh, you know, I'm not I'm not satisfied with this just yet. But I think I'm heading in the right direction. But are you are you rostering Jokic as your captain? So Jokic, just,
0: yeah, Jokic is my okay. captain everywhere. But I have a I have a few. I have one question for yeah. you, but I also want to quickly respond to you before I give you the the pivot question. Yeah. Uh, here's where I'm just going to devil's advocate the Cody Zeller thing, and why if I'm choosing one heat budget big it's kevin love is because i said or because we know and i mentioned earlier that the denver nuggets can break up a zone very easily i think what's a potential counter for the for the heat and and it's potentially going to that what the lakers did where they checked Rui onto Jokic Mm. and then used ad as someone to slide over Mm-hmm. And, you know, be a like help defender rim protector in that kind of Rob Williams dunker spot, but also slide over and you're the main rim protector. This is what the Celtics system developed under Emi Doka last year. I think this the, the Miami might try and bring that out. And Kevin Love would be the guy who you, fronts Jokic at the mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. And then you slide over Bam because you simply cannot play. Zeller and Bam on the floor together you you just can't do it right like even though the Heat are the number one shooting team it's because they're putting efficient shooters out there and Kevin Love will be able to be that body defensively because it, it literally not like Rui's a good defender he's just a bigger body and then on the flip side of that is uh he'll be able to space the floor on offense and then if we go into DraftKings scoring angles three points three pointers are three and a half points right because you get the half point boost mm-hmm. love is an amazing rebounder love mm-hmm. is an amazing points per minute dfs guy so if mm-hmm. i'm projecting him to have potentially the same maybe a little more minutes even than cody zeller i actually would like paying up i know it is more expensive but it's still on the cheaper option i'm rather going and I, and let me check my lineups real quick I actually don't have Zeller in. I have love in both of my lineups for game one and the series. Fair so I, I completely but, agree with you
1: mm.
0: on the BAM Zeller stack. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you that Zeller is a great budget play. I completely agree with you that Zeller's definitely going to get run in this series and is a great safety net for potential foul trouble. I'm just going a Kevin Love angle myself personally.
1: Let me, uh, let me play a little devil's advocate here, because I think, you know, when we saw with the Denver Nuggets playing against the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the things that the Lakers had, and they didn't have a lot of success, obviously, in terms of winning basketball games, but uh, <laughs> they but, they had, but they had some success uh, with uh, with playing Anthony Davis, obviously, on uh, Aaron Gordon and letting him just kind of, because Aaron Gordon's in that darker spot always, so letting him kind of, uh, you know, just hang in the paint, right? Like, Aaron Gordon's not stepping out and shooting a three if he does. Power to you, man. Go do that, right? Um, so I think, you know, one thing I could envision seeing you know, happen is I could see Cody Zeller and Bam Adebayo on the floor together because if, you, if you're going to have Bam Adebayo on Aaron Gordon to play the kind of paint protector type role, uh, who's going to guard Nikola Jokic on this Heat team? It's not going to be Caleb Martin. <laughs> it's got to it's be a bigger body. I mean, could be Kevin Love. Absolutely. I think you could stick him out there. But um, at this point in his career, I don't know if he's got the strength to, to really you know deal with uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, but yeah, I, I think... I think it, I could see it going that way. I mean, I don't think I think it's probably it's more probable it goes the way that you're saying, but I could see uh, a much lower scoring game where they do play Cody Zeller and Bam out of bottom on the floor together and put Bam in that kind of free safety role, uh, just roaming the paint and uh, just creating havoc like Anthony Davis did. Uh, against the Denver Nuggets, so
0: to, to do that, Bam would have to be shooting very well offensively mm, to allow Spo to go to that. I, I honestly, Bam has not played a single minute, Keith, all season at the four. Yeah. So I don't, I, feel I, don't, I don't see. And then you, you, then you're asking Zeller. Then you're asking Spo to put Zeller at the four or do something Bam's never done all season in the NBA Finals. I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the series approach. Wait, 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 wait actually one game one question for you because I feel like this is the most common pivot that people are running into mm-hmm. right it's the combination of do you choose Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson and I know you're fading some heat so you might be saying none of them yeah but right. <laughs> give me an answer yeah it's the combination of Gabe Vincent plus Duncan Robinson so you're getting the starting point guard mm. plus backup shooting guard, mm. or the combination of Kyle Lowry and Max Struce. So you get the backup point guard mm. and the starting two. The combination is the exact same dollar for dollar price in I think both series and uh game one pricing. So that's tough. Which which stack do mm. you prefer?
1: That's tough. That I, the, I think that
0: is what people are going to be no. finding themselves in. That's yeah, the it is. It is. It
1: is an important one to talk about. I think uh, it's a good question, a really good question, and I think my initial reaction here, uh, not something I thought about because yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm pretty much fading them all. But if you are going to go that route, I think I'd probably go with the Struess uh, in Lowry stack. And the reason for that being, if we're assuming that KCP is going to go and guard Jimmy Butler, who's going to be guarding? Uh, you know, Max Strews. It's going to be probably Michael Porter Jr., right? So, Michael Porter Jr. I don't have a whole lot of faith in his off-ball defense, or even really his odd-ball defense. He's just after that back surgery, he just hasn't been a great defender. I um, mean, he never really was to begin with. So, let me let me tell you a thing or two about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, touchy subject there, but no, it's true. I mean, you know, I think uh, you know, there's something we said about you know a little bit of loss of lateral movement there. Um, and he's got the length. I mean, he's got the effort level. He's got the length on defense. So I, I'm not like bashing the guy. I think he's fine. He's, he's totally average. And that's not a problem at all. You can be average on a NBA team and win a finals. I mean, they, they might, they might do it here. So, um, but I do think that, you know, if I was to pick a stack of one of those two stacks that you're talking about, you know, Struce is the guy that's going to be kind of grabbing, uh, getting that Michael Porter Jr. Defense. And he'll probably end up at having a lot of open threes. So I'm going to go with that stack. Okay,
0: I'm gonna chime in this question from Adam real quick because he asked it earlier in the in the episode. But just given the MPJ and given the fact that you're talking, it's, it's okay to be an average player at all these things. Okay, MPJ's talent and when you watch it jumps off the screen. But yeah. I, I, Keith, we are in complete tandem here in uh, the MPJ. I'm I'm gonna respond to the the Lowry struce thing in a second. We're also in tandem. Um, but MPJ is average. Like he is not a good defender. He gets very lost in space a lot of times. He's a good rebounder and he's mm-hmm. a good shooter mm-hmm. in traffic and he's a good shot creator. So, how? Do, where do we rank MPJ as a third option? He was an elite prospect the a few last years five ago. Years. Okay. If we're talking about if we're talking about general third options on NBA teams, he's fucking amazing. That's why we're <laughs> that's why we're here yeah. in the NBA finals. Right. <laughs> if we're looking at NBA finals teams, he's he's. Like even last year, if we go back to I mean, he fits right in the category of what? Who was the third option last year? I'm trying to think who or even Wiggins was the second best player on the Warriors last year. So is Draymond the third best option? That's all 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 day. That's all fame player. Was Clay Thompson the third best option? Was Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis the three man combo when the Bucks did it? I mean, we know the Heatles had a big three. If we're ranking MPJ as uh, third options in the NBA Finals, it's actually below average. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do really like, I do really like uh, MPJ as a player. <laughs>
1: He's an amazing shooter, like you said, amazing. Uh, a really good rebounder. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of the skills are there. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, that defense is just it's it's sometimes sometimes mind boggling that's not not very good. But but yeah. Um, Keith, I, can I, I, I respond agree. to the Can I respond to the Lowry Struess comment? Yeah, yeah, go
0: for that. I agree with you there too. Uh, I lean veteran experience for Lowry. I lean away from. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but that ankle injury that Vincent just dealt with uh, feels. Feel like it could still linger and mm-hmm. reaggravate, and when you go into altitude, you'll increase the swelling. Yeah. Um, so definitely don't love that situation for Vincent. Uh, Lowry is the the most annoying player to watch. Did you get invited to his offseason seminar? Did you hear he's hosting a? Uh, oh, Lowry, <laughs> yeah, he's hosting a seminar. It's called "Learn How to Play the Refs Just as uh, Much as Your Opponent." Nice. He's hosting at Kyle's Lowry's Flopping Dojo, yeah, uh, in South Beach. He's not only the host, but he's the keynote speaker and he's two of the panelists for both of his butt cheeks. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler. He does get a
1: badonkadonk. So. Jimmy I don't think Butler is the host. Is Italy,
0: so. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Butler is the host and Trey Young will also be hosting breakout sessions at yeah. this. Learn how to play the refs just as much as you play your opponents. I actually despise watching Kyle Lowry play yeah. basketball. It's so frustrating. But at the same time, it generates stats. He's going to get mm-hmm. dinky steals. He's going to get Uh, to the free-throw line. He's a good three-point shooter. And if we're talking that, let's go back to one of the things you said. How may the Heat exploit these Denver Nuggets? It's get Jokic into a pick-and-roll. Who may be an initiator in that pick-and-roll in a leadership, veteran, mistake-free situation? I would be very unsurprised to see Kyle Lowry emerge averaging six assists in this postseason. Mm, Yeah.
1: Good point. Good point. Uh and we can kind of segue into some series props that we like as yeah, well. Yeah, that you was know, a nice racing nice. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. to the book to check out a natural this average a natural, se- natural segment. Um no, I did I did put out some though, and I'll go ahead and share those with you. And the, again, these are part of the wager pass, which you guys can absolutely get uh by going yeah. to sportsethos.com and you can get access to our hundred unit winner here. I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it because you know we're just gonna we're just gonna talk that into reality. Um, because I think it's definitely gonna happen. So uh but yeah, there's a couple of you know, plays here that I like uh, in terms of series props. And, you know, the first one I'm going to mention here is Nikola Jokic to record 20-plus rebounds in a single game in the finals. Um,
0: I saw you on this in the wager pass, and I loved it.
1: It's plus 275. I'm taking it for a half unit to win basically 1.4 units here, and that's on DraftKings. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, he did the last series, and I think it, 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 the pace may be down a little bit against the Miami Heat compared to some other, you know, series at the... uh Denver Nuggets have played this postseason but at the same time you know even if they put Cody Zeller out there I mean nobody's keeping Nikola Jokic off the boards I mean he's just gonna absolutely beast the boards we I know we were looking fiddle we were like oh man if this is like minus 300 or better for for Jokic to yeah wait let's quickly (laughs) quickly tell that
0: story on on the pod and on the stream I mentioned to you because I saw you've been playing it in previous series right Nicole Jokic to lead the series in rebounds is why we call you the player prop professional. Um, I will be tailing you 100% on that half unit on Jokic to uh, record. It's just at least one game in these finals that he hits 20 rebounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're
0: getting, and it's, and what's the odds again? It's 275. 275.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So we're getting an implied probability on that of 26% Mm -hmm. in the most important games this man's ever played when he's going to be playing what 42 minutes. So if what is per 36 rebound rate is probably 15. And then you add tack on an extra six minutes. It's just like, okay, that at, at a 26% implied probability, Keith, I think that's a fantastic bet. Um, forget where, I forget what where, where where I just totally lost my train of thought where where, where was I going? <laughs> where are you going with this one here uh, um, not,
1: Yeah, yeah ahead.
0: the lowry assist prop that I mentioned before Keith mm-hmm. over three and a half for the series this is average plus 105 I'm about to go bet that right now um doo-doo-doo.
1: yeah uh, you lock, go lock that in
0: Contavious <laughs> Caldwell Pope we talked about this one too on the discord channel was his to lead the series in three pointers. Mm, And if we start to bring in the fact that what if hero comes back in game three, that's just going to reduce the likelihood of a Struis output of a Duncan Robinson output of a Butler of a Lowry. I think it's pretty surprising how juiced the pricing is for Jamal Murray to lead the series in three pointers. But Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, when I bet it, I think was 50-1 to 1 at, at FanDuel to lead the series in three-pointers. It wouldn't shock me one iota if he's playing 37, 38 minutes a game and has nine three-point attempts per game on average. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a mispriced line like I've never seen before. I mean, like, there's there's some great prop angles for this series.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I love those, Um, the ones you mentioned there. A couple oh. of yeah, go
0: ahead. I remembered my train of thought. No, I'm sorry to interrupt go you. Go so ahead. I was going to tell the story of the I – have, I have ADD, Keith, as you could tell. So, <laughs> so uh, I was going to tell the story of us describing the right. Jokic series prop because I saw yeah. you bet it and I discussed with you before the Heat series price came out yeah. because not only – I don't think I would have wanted it necessarily against the Celtics, even though I would have felt really good about it. But the way that the Celtics had the two bigs and the minutes would have said, okay, Jokic is probably going to out minute them on the court. So therefore, he's the guy. But not only that, it's just the way that the Miami Heat try and like space the defense with zone, the way that they (laughs) kind of clear out on offense, like and go four or five wide. Like there's just not going to be people in the paint with Jokic. So Mm -hmm. me and you were eyeing this bet and I was like anything less than minus 300 and pegging someone at a minus 300 line when it's a series long to lead the series, like not even over under average, not even to beat out Bam Adebayo, the other center. We're talking every single other person on the court for every, like in compilation for the entire four or five games. An injury could change. Anything could happen. So we were saying we would take 75% implied probability, and we would still pay for it on minus 300 odds. The line comes out. And it is minus. Do you want to say the number?
1: <laughs> twenty thousand was that what it was? Minus minus twenty thousand. Twenty
0: thousand. <laughs> you have to minus bet 1 million twenty thousand dollars well. yeah. to even return one yeah, on hundred bucks on Jokic to like lead that. this series in rebounds. So. That's even more like go go hit that Jokic escalator on the yeah. rebound, the 20 plus escalator. That's a I really like that one, Keith. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. So that was kind of the uh I, I wanted to bet it at some angle. Um, and that was kind of the best bet I found out there. Cause I think his series uh number here is like 13.8, if I recall correctly, for the series. Yeah, over. I think that's yeah, I, I wanted to bet the over there. It's mice one fifteen, but I think he's ends up right around there. I just I felt like there was more. Um, you know, more value than getting the plus 275 on the 20-plus in, in one game. So um, I'm, I'm rolling with that one. But uh, I'm also going Bam out of bio under, uh, was it, 9.3 rebounds per game. And, you know, same reasoning, you know, I think we're giving for the Jokic over. It's kind of more of an indirect way. To bet Jokic to to lead this series in rebounds, Um, you know it's not exactly that because he could easily average you know nine point five or nine point six rebounds per game, and it wouldn't wouldn't really surprise me. But um, I do think when you're talking about a guy that just absolutely gobbles up boards, that's his his best value on defense is that he just absolutely ends that defensive possession by grabbing the rebound, changing the possession. Um, There's no one better really than Jokic in the NBA, Um, so I, I love the under here for for Bam Adebayo. Um, you know, maybe he gets in some foul trouble one game. Also, like we were talking about, trying to guard uh, Nikola Jokic, and if that happens, then obviously his rebound total for the uh, for the series will come down as well. So, <clears throat> so I like that under. Uh, one other thing that I'm on as well is the uh, Bam Adebayo points over, actually. Uh, and again, I think it's really going to be on Bam. Uh, you know, in that pick and roll, when he gets that ball in the mid range, he's going to have to score the basketball, or he's going to have to find his teammates. I think you could also look at the assists over as well. But I think for me. Um, I think I'm more comfortable taking the points over here. His assists over is uh, not even available on DraftKings, I guess. Uh, so I'm not sure what it is on FanDuel, but I'm on DraftKings right now. But, uh, but yeah, the points per game is 16.6, and I just feel like um, when you look at how he's performed against the Nuggets over the last three years or so, uh, with Jokic being in the game, he's typically uh, it's been a little bit up and down, but he has averaged more than this and. Uh, I think the big reason for that is you know the Heat understand that that's the best way to take advantage of this Denver defenses. Uh, again, get him, get Jokic in that pick and roll, involved in that pick and roll, and then take advantage of him uh, off a pass to, to Bam in the middle there. So uh, those are some of the series props I'm over. Is there another one, you are Ryan?
0: Uh, okay, so based on what you said, if you like the Bam bio over 16.6 for this series, then I would also strongly recommend if this is. Not one that I'm on, but I'm responding to you and correlating the angles for you. Is I would strongly also recommend betting the over 16 and a half for game one because mm. if we expect game one to be an over game, um, then That's I would true. definitely get that. It's only minus 105 on DraftKings, so you can get mm. a better number at a low price on the same angle and then try and ret- get that return really quickly. So I, I really like that in an over spot that seems like a good correlated angle. Mm. And then Jimmy Butler's over five and a half assists. Uh, I'm yeah. going to find the best odds on it, but right. there's no way I will not be playing Butler's over assists until yeah. it gets
1: to seven. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I had that thought coming in and I got scared off. Of, I can't remember exactly why, but it's, it's a good bet. Um, I think it, it, for me, I, I saw, you know, if it ends up that Jimmy goes back to, uh, I think that was the series against the Sixers. I want to recall the last time I saw it, but if he goes back to kind of playing the dunker spot and not being on the ball as much, um, that would make me worried about that. But I think I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think in general, I think you're right. He's going to be more of a, um, you know, could uh, have to go ahead and distribute the basketball. So I do definitely
0: in game one, I expect it. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Is there anything else you want to hit, Keith? Um, I think there was one more series, but I'm on, um, yeah, it is. Uh, I'm actually on Jimmy Butler's under 27.8 points per game. That's kind of correlates also. Correlate, with, yeah. So, yeah. This is yep. actually, this is actually the angle I took. So now I'm, I'm remembering I took this all last last night, so I'm remembering, but yeah. So instead of taking the assists over on the series for Jimmy Butler, I took the points under. Let me ask you
0: 30 one 30 question, yet. Keith. What's mm-hmm. the juice you're paying on the points over? I mean, the points under rather.
1: Uh, it's minus 115.
0: Okay, so that is a great way to then correlate and indirectly play the same angle at better juice because I know the over five and a half assist was minus 145 on DraftKings. Yeah, right. I don't really want to play a minus 145 prop. You're getting into the spot where you're starting to pay too much bang for your buck where your implied probability and your hit rate on prop bets where you can't read the market. You don't know where these lines opened up. You don't really have the gambling information that we used in the beginning of the show to talk about betting splits and line movement and market indicators. We're really relying on basketball takes. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to hit 60% hit rates, pegging minus whatever lines and playing those prop like you should be – a scout <laughs> at that point, if you could actually be profitable doing that, yeah. I am not that good. <laughs> I'm more of a market reader. So what I would uh, rather do, instead <laughs> of playing a minus uh 145 line, I'm gonna shop for either a better line or I'll take an alt line and I'll say like I j- literally just said I'd be comfortable playing it to seven assists. So yeah. maybe I could get it at minus 115 for over six and a half assists. So that right. would be something that I would try and do is sell an assist, sell the point, sell the prop and gain better value in your odds. I am never, ever, ever like buying points. I never mm-hmm. like taking an alt spread where you're having to pay more juice. If Jimmy Butler's over under is 27 and a half and you're like, Keith's a dum-dum. He's a lollipop. I want, I want to take Jimmy Butler's over. Do not play Butler's over 20 points. Cause it's juiced to 750 <laughs> and start building a parlay. Right. If we're going to talk about some general NBA betting stuff, that is really not what you want to do. You want to sell points. You want to play that escalator. You want to say, Give Keith the middle finger. Jimmy Butler's going to have 35, so he I'll could. play that at plus 400. Then, yeah, all love yeah. to you, but don't get caught playing a minus like 750 smart line. And and some yeah. of these lines are juiced like insanely. I'm sure it's not even 750, yeah. but may, yeah, that would yeah. be that would be my last bit of info do you want hey guys, to plug anything keith
1: yeah i just want to make sure you guys you know go go like and subscribe uh you know obviously the youtube channel there go to sportsethos.com, get the wager pass again mike Fiddle's been absolutely insane incredible this season um i was going to go ahead and just kind of give you you know my thought process with the player props here just you know quickly i'm not going to go too too in depth here but basically what i start with is just an observation uh well actually what i actually start with is knowing what the general market you know is is thinking about a certain player so for jimmy butler you know, people are going to be on the over because they want to root for the guy. Um, I, I totally get that. It's totally a, a, you know, betting with my heart type of strategy there. They want the Heat to win this game. If the Heat want to win this game, Butler's going to have to go over that that point total. Uh, but then I make an observation, and my observation here is, you know, the, the Denver Nuggets have wing defenders are going to be able to stop Jimmy. Uh, the Denver Nuggets have better team defense, I think, than any of the you know, opponents that uh, that the Heat have played so far this season, I'm in, um, including the, the Bucks and the Celtics and that um you know i just think that jimmy's gonna have to be more of a distributor and that's just gonna happen here so that was my observation uh then you just kind of bet it and you work on that theory and if it hits you watch lines again the next time it drops and you see if it's a similar line if it is you hit it immediately um you know and that's a kind of line movement thing right there because you will see these lines move obviously as you're closer to tip um but you know what you can kind of go on is especially in a series a playoff series you can go on what the line was last Uh, last game and then going into this game so that's kind of my approach there for the player props. but yeah follow fiddle follow myself uh go to uh, obviously like and subscribe the youtube channel as well guys
0: love it all keith thank you so much appreciate those kind words my uh, my podcast audience already knows how we're crushing it if you're listening 53 minutes into this you certainly know we bring home the bacon (laughs) i will talk to you guys on the advantage feed next week I will talk to you guys on the DFS Today feed in quite a few months, 100 days as we approach the NFL season. Keith, as always, it is a pleasure to chat hoops with you and join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel so that you can get access to our bets right when game one ends, right when game two ends, and you could start betting with us throughout the series and bring it home. Some big bucks. Keith, thank you for joining me tonight. Enjoy the finals. And I look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Thanks for having me, Mike.
0: Peace out.